This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hi guys, this is Ruben Langdon. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Show you can! Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys about all things gaming. Of course, we had a an unfortunate week. I mean, I don't know how this is going to top anything this year, but we just started this year. But of course, the death of Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gigi, and seven other members of his friends and family who passed away in that horrific, really horrific uh, helicopter crash. It was just out of nowhere. It's it's amazing. You don't have to be a basketball fan or a hardcore uh, basketball fan because he transcended over that. He, if you didn't admire him for his, you know, legendary record in in the NBA, you admired him for his accomplishments for his achievements, for his assertiveness, for his, you know, his will to make things happen. So there was always something. He was one of those guys that just, and he, he, being he is a Philly guy too, there always is, you know, he he was a hometown guy for many of the people in this city, in, in Philadelphia. Of course, he more or less stayed and stationed himself in LA. Uh, he will always be known for that. But he is a Philly guy, and you can see the Philly in him. <laughs> you can see it. But nonetheless, man, it, it's it's surreal. It's surreal, and it's a reminder of what you need to do in your life because you don't. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing. So, to those folks who are out there who haven't done what they wanted to do. And keep holding it off. Imagine what had happened if we didn't have Kobe Bryant do all the things that he did. All I got to say is get out there. Do what you want to do before you don't have a chance to. Because you never know and you're not guaranteed. And with that said, thoughts and prayers to the family, friends, and fans of Kobe Bryant, including myself. I am a fan of him, not maybe not just as a basketball uh, player, but just uh, his accomplishments. I'm more of a fan of his accomplishments and actually him being a father too. Um, You know, I I dig any any father, especially black fathers out there that are really doing a thing. You know, he was a selfless dude. You could see it. I mean, he had controversies. He wasn't, he wasn't really, you know, perfect, but that humility and that imperfection, I think, is what really made people like him more. Because this, there's just always this pretentious attitude that we need to be perfect and everything needs to be on place. No, it's not true. You kind of play off your imperfections, and that's how you grow. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to that. And if you, um, if you own NBA 2K20, uh, I believe they did instantly, and I mean rapidly, put up a tribute graphic on air, which was updated immediately into that. And it was awesome of 2K games to do. I know I give 2K games a lot of grief about the crap quality that they uh, can bring in some of their games, not all of them, but they were on point with this. It was, I mean, it's that deep. It's still striking people to this day. And for them to do that, I commend them on that. That was very awesome for them to do. So again, thoughts and prayers to the family, friends, and fans of Kobe Bryant, you know, it's going to be a hard time. It's going to be a healing time, but hopefully we can learn from this 
and really get through this and really understand that life is short. Life is too short. And there's a lot of people hurting. We need to heal them, help them, and help each other overcome and support each other. Now more than ever. So with that said, today we will be reviewing a new indie game out for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch called 1980X. I had a chance to play this new indie game. When I first saw this, I believe it was E3, and then I saw this, or one of the, one of the Nintendo showcases about this, and it just looks so intriguing. The graphics look so really cool, old school, over the top type of uh, graphics. It reminds me of the days of rather, it's between, after playing it, I thought it was like a really Sega Genesis type of uh, throwback. No, it's actually more 32-bit. It's more like PlayStation 1 2D graphics style because there's a lot of sprites and framework that's added on that you couldn't do on a Genesis or even Super Nintendo or whatever like that. So I had a chance to play this game, but even more importantly, about not just about playing the old school video games in here, this is not a regular game. This game has a really deep intricate and intimate narrative and and it tells a story uh involving a kid and his you know love for video games and growing up so we're going to talk about that on our final stage review today um and before we get to the news of everything i just want to i'm very i am happy but bittersweet because unfortunately I, well for the good news is that I finally beat Witcher 3, the main story of uh, Witcher 3. After playing all that, really great experience. Um, it's a hell of a marathon of a game to play, and but it was great. It, it kept me going. It's like, there's still, out of all that I've been doing in that game, I still feel like uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild is still the better experience. I don't know, it's something religious about that game that, that got me going. Um, there's some unlimited aspects that come with Breath of the Wild compared to Witcher 3, but Witcher 3, with that said, my God, so much detail, so much depth in this game, an insanely amount of dialogue. I can't even fathom how long this game took to make. Now, the bad part is, is that I beat this game on Sunday, which is the day of Kobe's uh, passing. So it was like, I couldn't be truly, truly happy because like, I was just so like everybody else i was just so down on the dumps so it's like all right i beat it all right it's it is what it is um but no to it to its respect and credit they did a phenomenal job with this game as many of you already know before me and i enjoyed it and so much so this is going to segue right into the news so let's get to that i decided to invest in thornbreaker which uh just came out for the nintendo switch and uh, like Witcher 3 has already been out for other systems. And this is actually an all Gwent RPG game. And if you haven't played Witcher 3 and you don't know what Gwent is, and I hate the fact that they gave it that name. I don't understand the term of that name. It just sounds weird. But Gwent is a card battle game that plays throughout uh, Witcher 3. But now they have a game that's just totally focused and dedicated to the Gwent playing game with a bit of a, with its own story and narrative. It's considered a spinoff to Witcher 3. So I got a chance, I am playing it right now. I haven't played it through. It literally just came out. And uh, I'll be talking about that next week because I also got that. I got Puzzled and Dragons, the new one that just came out. And I, I'm still weighing out on that one, so we'll see. But also I decided to get, which already came out not too long ago. I also got um, Puzzle Quest. So what I want to do next week is do a compare and contrast of the three because I'm for the short time that I played Thornbreaker, or Witcher, The Witcher's Tale, I've noticed that there's a lot of adopted elements that is taken from uh puzzle quest and puzzle quest god if you haven't played that game when that game was out and this is a remake of puzzle quest so i mean if you played it before like way back during um the ps vita days or the playstation portable days the psp days it was out around that time it is an addictive puzzle game it is an it, it's like they took some of the elements of adopted some of the elements from tetris and and a, a lot of the actual um puzzle games from our past like dr mario or you know all those other games 
put it together and then made it into an RPG game. And it was the first of its kind before Thornbreaker, before any of these other games that have been doing it. They were the first ones in my to my belief, they were the first ones to really do this in such a fashion. And they quickly they decided to do a redesign and remaster of the game. So it has all new updated graphics and look and feel to it. And um, I, it's every bit as fun so far as it has been. And it, it it's to me, this puzzle quest is my version of chess. It's very methodical. It's not entirely too complex. So that's out. Puzzle drag, puzzle and dragon is out. And you got Thornbreaker. So next week I'm going to compare and contrast the three. See which one I feel like I like better. So um, that is out. If you haven't played it or if you have played it on the other systems and you own a Nintendo Switch, much like Witcher 3, you, you really want to check it out. It's a very cool, deep game experience that you are going to possibly enjoy. Now, you guys remember... Uh, or you maybe not because I spoke to more more or less about this with the ACMG Facebook group and we were talking about how the Gwent portion of Witcher 3 is the one thing that is not fun it is very complex and difficult to play so it, it's it's crazy that I even you know even Hubert buying Thornbreaker because of which uh, because it's nothing but the Gwent game but I wanted to see if it actually has a better grasp of un of understanding the gameplay compared to um, that of the one in the game. And I did this because um, Dragon Ball Xenoverse has their own Dragon Ball Super uh, Dragon Ball uh, Super Dragon Ball Heroes uh, card game within the game, and that one is a little bit more difficult to play. But if you play Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Missions, very easy, to, much more user friendlier to play, a lot more fun to play. And you do gain more of an advantage, and there's a story element as well. That also has a RPG uh, element too. Is that that is an RPG game in, in itself as well? So, to me, that is the best card game, card battle game since SNK versus Capcom on an um, Neo Geo Pocket. Um, nothing, honestly, nothing to me tops that. I still own and play that game because I have the Retro Pie and. I'm telling you, there's no car battle game as user friendly, as fun and intuitive as, you know, that game still to this day. The, the formula that they made for that is it's almost flawless. Virtual. I don't see. I, I damn near can say it's just flawless. It's not even virtual. It is. To me, it's flawless. I haven't found one bad part about that game that was ill. <laughs> and it's not even as complex. It's just straightforward. Um so yeah like i said like i decided to get this game to see if there was a contrast in gameplay in rule set and stuff like that and it seems to be there seems to be a a definite significant contrast between how i play gwent and Thornbreakers and how i play it on witcher 3 so again i'll be talking about that all next week and um you know see which one is the better one and the more fun one and again at the end of the day it is all opinionated so this is how i feel about the game doesn't mean you have to you know rely on what i feel but this is from my own experience as well and maybe i will give some logical reasons as why something is bad or why something is not um uh bad or something is just that damn great or why you must have it but at the end of the day this is my personal opinion so i don't want anybody to make it seem like i i want to dictate your personal enjoyment because you may have a personal enjoyment different from me so i just want to put that out there right there but you know stay tuned for next week that's going to be one of the big highlights of what we'll be reviewing next week as well so in other news bandai namco there's going to be a lot of bandai namco news here because they you know of course i it, it's becoming a love-hate relationship with them i love them because they have they have some really great games they've had great games in the past um especially when they were just namco now, Bandai Namco, because of their association with a lot of the anime licenses that they do from um, Shonen Jump, they are allowed to, you know, use that license to, you know, collaborate with Namco to do this. Uh, so you got, you know, the Dragon Ball Z franchise, you got the Naruto franchise and such, and all these licenses that they had. They just did uh, Kill a Kill a while back, which not exactly the best game in the world in terms of, you know, just all around fun it's very simplistic but it is a lot of fun and if you're a fan of the series you may be a fan of that game so 
it's just it's if you're looking for something like spider-man or god of war or um any of those other triple a games that are like totally complex and engaging eh not exactly and that goes for a lot of the uh namco uh bandai namco games because they're mostly fanfare based um especially when you have dragon ball especially when you have naruto especially when you have my hero academia and now one punch um man is coming out along with um one piece uh pirate warriors 4 and my hero academia one justice 2 all these are coming out and just recently they announced release dates for all of these games just recently which they didn't have in uh, a you know pray uh, prior to them advertising this one punch man a hero nobody knows will arrive february 28th for the playstation 4 xbox one and pc so i look i saw that game i think it looks great i am a fan of the anime series um a few of the actors in there have been guests on this podcast and um i'm always a supporter now and again bandai namco they a lot of times do get it right i think where where they fall off a lot of times is not based on quality but presentation the presentation of a lot of their games is like it could be they could put a lot of you know a lot of depth into their games and then they can kind of fall off my hero academia one um just one uh justice last year was a good game it could have been a great game it could have been a fantastic game if they gave it that presentation that they would have gave that they normally gave ultimate ninja storm or they gave um any dragon ball game that they ever done so uh it it, it just it, it it's it was nothing more than a arcade game which is not a bad thing, but if you wanted something a little bit more, you're not going to get it from that. And that might be the same for One Punch Man, uh, which it will be out at that time. So I had a, I had the ACMG Facebook group uh, do a poll on there, and I believe still this game is split on uh, whether they wanted to invest in the game. So there's like 50% said they definitely will because they're fans. 50% said I'm not sure yet not really sure this might be and that that also means that, that could also mean rather i'm not going to buy it or i'm not going or i'm going to buy it but not at the price that they will on this time and something and i i can't hate on that sometimes there are games that you want to play but you feel like the price may not be respectful to the game experience that you're getting i've talked about this on this show for so many times so um i can understand it and that's very smart thinking like some games are worth playing, but sometimes the prices of these games are a little bit, sometimes can be a little bit overboard or astronomical to some extent, especially when you're not getting the same thing. That's the reason why I did not buy Samurai Showdown. Because like I said, and I've mentioned this before, a lot of the fighting games that is out now, NetherRealm, uh, uh, Street Fighter V, um, any like no any of those nether round games like mortal Kombat or injustice or whatever all those games come up with such a huge presentation story like in-depth story mode full up with with cutscenes and everything and they just engage you into the universe and then you got samurai showdown for the playstation 4 and you got an xbox one and they charge you the same price for less of the experience and that's i'm not no no so that's why i got it for the switch and 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 on a switch there was a huge sale for it and i got it there so i got unfortunately i got everything that you know everybody end up getting on a playstation 4 and the xbox one including the season pass for the same price that they paid that you would pay for one game whereas other people pay for that one game and then had to pay for the season pass so I'm, I'm really glad I waited out on that one. Um, another big example is like of Astronomical was Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive is just like way too damn much. They charge you the, the initial 60 bucks, but then they want you to pay another $99 for some skimpy, scantily clad, you know, where? Oh, please let us find the pervert or the pervy sages out there that are doing this. That to me, it, it's ridiculous. So, but. To, for what is worth, Bandai Namco, in my in my uh, experience, do make some good to really great games, and it just ranges out from that. So, I think my hero, uh, I'm sorry, One Punch Man, uh, a hero nobody knows. I think it'll be a good game. I don't think it'll be great. It just gives off the vibe that they're not going to put too much emphasis on it, and there's no 
English dub in it. So, again, this is the one, the other thing we talk about a lot is that Bandai Namco doesn't put in the money for games that they believe that are not going to be like a big uh, cash grab. Dragon Ball definitely. They're going to put that entire. They're going to put Sean Schimmel and and uh, Chris Sabat and Kyle Haber and all those guys in there. No problem. Uh, Naruto. They're going to put Molly in there and Amanda in there and and Yuri and all those guys in there. They're going to put them in there. They're gonna, all the all the original actors will always be in there because those are the two biggest uh you know company two biggest uh anime franchises of all time those are legendary my hero Acada- uh, my hero academia although people still love that and it's gaining momentum and is you know getting there and it was voted um anime of the decade by our acmg facebook group to bandai namco's metrics and understanding I don't think they're going to put in the cast audio cast for i'll be really surprised if my hero academia does and if it does that kind of is an indication that their popularity is getting higher is in is increasing so that i i've played a lot of bandai namco anime uh translated games or licensed games uh there i'm telling you the only ones that get it is dragon ball naruto i play jojo's bizarre adventure a lot of them none of them have audio, uh, English audio, none of them. So uh, it'll be interesting. Speaking of that, um, One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 will arrive on March 27th for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam, and Nintendo Switch. I like how it's like every other every console, but then when it comes to the Steam or the PC, it's like it's one or the other. And it's I, every time I watch these, you know, get this information, it's always one or the other. It's never both. And it's kind of like they're one and the same in a, in a sense. But um, yeah, it'll be out on March 24th. This version will include online co-op play for up to four uh, players as you battle through hundreds and hundreds of enemies at once. I remember, I, it's amazing how far that company has gone um, as far as the, uh, the the Dynasty Warrior style games. I don't know. I, I know. I, I guarantee you I know there's a lot of people who don't know the origin of Dynasty Warrior games. And there's a lot of people right now who don't realize that Dynasty Warrior, when it first came out, it was a fighting game. It, it Dynasty Warrior was originally a fighting game that starred a lot of um, historical figures in China. And, the, you know, the romance of the three kingdoms, pretty much. And it was actually an all right fighting game it was an ra3d fighting game i thought they were going to move forward to it but then playstation 2 came out and changed everything because of the power of the playstation 2 they were able to experiment with something that has never been done before at the time and that was have a game that is going to have that tested the power of the playstation 2 and dynasty warrior was with that game because dynasty warrior was the first game that showed that you could have more than just two people or three people at one time. This It had like tens of, like it had at least over a hundred, you know, people at once. And lo and behold, it was it was a success. Uh, success and they kept bringing out different um, sequels for it. The problem was after a while it became a little bit more, it, it became way too, uh, cookie cutter i guess i guess that's the t- uh, word i could say or the phrase i could say um redundant if you will maybe but it just you got the same same experience the same experience the same experience after a while i'm like how are these franchise how are these series still selling like it was it was kind of like the dragon ball series where you're playing another dragon ball game but it's based on the same z saga even now i mean we talked about last week with uh with kakarot last week but at least the difference is they were they made it to do something different than the other ones prior to but it is still um based on the same thing well they finally started to branch out they got uh warriors orochi now three which has like all of the uh tecmo koi characters in there along with the dynasty warrior characters and now they also branched out they got fist of the north star which they did a while back bleach they did well i don't think bleach was a tech mccoy game but they did a bleach game was made like that um uh now one piece uh pirate warriors uh which i played like i think two and three on a 3ds and 
in a uh, PS Vita and now 4 is coming as well. So um, it's amazing how this grew. And the great part about it is now they figured it out. They realized that they have to do something different. So each game has different play mechanics, even though it's just the hack and slash open world type of thing. So at least to that credit. And now you can play as some of your favorite anime characters now going through this as well. So that's the awesome part. Um, as I said, this is coming out March 24th. Uh, you'll have that new co-op playability that you'll be able to play. Uh, this, I did a poll for this as well. And the ACMG Facebook group was a little bit different on this one. This was 60% of our um, members voting willing that said they were willing to invest in this game. 40 said they're holding back. Um, again, it could be the same reasons as what I mentioned, but you know, we'll see. I've played the game, you know, the games before I actually love them and it does help catch me up with the series and all the thousand episodes that that series has. It is really hard to watch that show. <laughs> I can, it's hard to watch the show because there's so many episodes you got to catch up on and there's a lot of filler arcs in there as well. And you don't know which arc to, uh, to actually read, uh, or get on with and at least if all else when i watched that show the one only one arc i wanted to see is the arc where ace died because that was such a well done and that was be and the reason why i wanted to see that immediately is because i played the game and followed the game and i was like oh this character is cool as hell holy crap he dies he pulled they pulled a jiraiya move on him and i was like very intrigued and wanted to see that episode and it didn't it didn't disappoint at all. It was very dramatic, very sad, uh, heart-wrenching uh, and heartbreaking at the same time. So I dug it. And, um, you know, so now I get, you know, One Piece Pirates uh, Warriors 4 is going to catch up with all of the recent episodes that they have been airing. And then you got the Nintendo Switch that and the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One with now, like, even better graphic uh, in art style with it, too. So... This is going to be fun. Of course, I'm going to get it for the Switch. <laughs> you know, there is none higher. Like, I think Kakarot might be the only game. It's possible that it may be the only game I get this year for the PlayStation 4, which is sad. Now, watch. I guarantee I got a big feeling Kakarot is going to go to the Switch. It's a possibility. Now, granted, it is like, I think it's like 30 gigs or something like that. It is kind of big, but i'm pretty sure that that uh the switch can handle it i got two i got witcher 3 in there that's like 31 gigs in there of of a whole entire deep ass world in there so i think they can handle it with no problem and then as i mentioned you got my hero academia one justice 2 which will be out march 13th and it has introduced a lot of um new characters to the uh that has not been in the first game along with the ultra powered izuku uh midoriya and full costume 100% based on a recent climatic episode that just aired a couple of weeks ago. It was, I believe it was episode 76 um, where he went full 100. And uh, people got really excited. It's a really great episode of that too. So um, I'm looking forward to all these games. More, more likely, I will be getting those games and reviewing those games um, and, you know, when the time comes by. So uh, be on the lookout for that and I'll give you the full review. I'll take the bullet for you as always. So and other news, we I want to give my thoughts on the recent updated character for Mortal Kombat 11. And that is the Joker. I got a chance to play him. Uh, now I'm starting to realize that now whenever they do a DLC update, it's 12 o'clock uh pacific standard time which is our three o'clock in here in the east coast that they're going to do this so but he finally came uh i actually didn't know whether i was going to enjoy the character i've actually enjoyed all the characters but of course i've said it many times you know what i'm waiting for if you heard the show before I, i'm waiting for spawn no more no less and there's only one more left but with that said this joker i like this joker better than the joker on injustice one and two they did a great job with this. He's just as ratchet as ever. Uh, he does fit into the... He fits into the world really well. Um, just just really batshit crazy. <laughs> no pun intended. But uh, some of his moves does include a Batman puppet with an installed gun in air that he fires both high and low. A jack-in-the-box move that allows him to uh, push opponents away from him. Uh, give him the chance to maneuver to, uh, to pull off another move or a combo, or whatever. Uh, then you have a brutal beatdown with the cane. So, I believe those are the three major moves that he has right now. 
Um, but his fatal blow, that fatal blow is freaking overkill. If you've seen it, he basically just does the whole beatdown thing that he does with Robin in the comics. But it's much more gratuitous than it has been on the comics. Like, this is the way that I think that they wanted you to see it in the comics. But if he would have done it this way, the dude, whoever, every time he does this, there is no coming back from what the, from the amount of uh, violence that he brought in this or this fatal blow. He's dead. And then on top of that, his fatalities are literally icing on a cake. I'm not even joking. He gives you a, a freaking cake. The cake blows up. In your on your face and you're just balloons that says friendship he shoots you off you some of you may have seen this on the uh in videos or on social media and then he shoots you pops the balloons and all that comes out is uh fatality first of all he's shooting at a piece of plywood or board with, with the word fatality on it how the hell are those bullets not penetrating the wood and then it comes off saying, uh, how, like, I, I didn't know that there was a bullet thick enough to, uh, like, a wood thick enough to, to stop a bullet. Especially when it's just a regular plywood. So I thought that was very weird. But this is the Mortal Kombat world. And then when he falls down, it, like, splits him in half. So that's one of the fatalities. The other one is he blows a hole in you. No, he punches a hole in you with a, uh, with a, um, boxing glove, a huge boxing glove, and then he puts a jack in a box in you, and the jack in a box pops up and pops your head off, and everything. It's just really whacked out weird. So, overall, I do like him. Uh, I he, he he fits, he absolutely fits into that world almost too well, and it was just really crazy. Um, so again, there's one character left, and unfortunately, we gotta wait till I believe March 20th for spawn. And I'm telling you, I've said this before. Other people in our ACMG Facebook group have said this before. It better be a damn good reason. I think it's coming out the 20th, which is a Friday, or the 24th of March. But there better be a damn reason why they waited for him to be last. Because everybody wanted to play him immediately. He was the most voted character in the entire game. Not Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, as a Terminator, which is he's really cool in the game. Not definitely not the Joker. Um, and the other characters were, yeah, Sindel was like the only other really big um character, and um, Melina, which never made it into the game, at least not this season. And I say not just this season because if you go, like I said, I've said this before a while back, if you go into the eShop. And Nintendo, I don't, I don't know about this for the other ones, for the other uh, stores, game stores, but if you go in there, there are extra slots for, uh, for DLC in there. So I don't know if there will be other characters coming in a second for a second season or whatnot. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But um, Spawn, oh, man, if we don't hear a movie come out, I look. I'm telling you. I've been listen. I've been hearing about a Spawn movie. It's now 2020. Last time I heard it was from Todd McFarlane himself at San Diego Comic Con at a panel with Robert Kirkman. And my lord, I swear to I swear to goodness, I swear to goodness, he said that there was a Spawn movie coming out. And I it's not that I don't trust him, Todd McFarlane. When he says something, it normally does happen. It doesn't happen when we want it. It happens when it needs to be. I'm hoping March is when it needs to be. That's just all I'm saying about that. So, we'll hopefully cross your fingers with that. Um, speaking of Mortal Kombat, we got. I want to give my thoughts on the trailer that just came out for the movie that was mentioned last week. Um, called Mortal Kombat Legend Scorpion's Revenge. Now, just about a couple of weeks ago, they mentioned that this... Uh, animated movie was coming out this rated r animated movie was coming out and now we got the full trailer and we got to see the trailer i'm split right now on whether this is going to be good um there's going to be selling on blu-ray blu-ray and digital they didn't give it um an exact date as to when it's coming out but it, it is said that it'll be out this year the thoughts that I have for this is a little bit split based on just alone 
the art style. This is Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers has some of the best animators in the country. The best character designers in the country. The DC Universe animated universe, at least, is some of the best animated features we have seen in like years bar none that america has come up with uh, and that's aside from uh, legend of Korra and avatar and such and boondocks you know even before all those even came out like warner brothers has been killing it warner brothers and dc have been killing it with their animated series and their and their art directions and art uh, character designs killing it but there was one or two in particular movies that me personally that I really didn't dig. One of which was um, Superman Unbound. It had a really weird art style that I wasn't too thrilled with in comparison to like the other ones, like for Young Justice or um, Batman Superman Apocalypse or something like that. I, I, I had a hard time really working with that one. And granted, I also took it from a perspective of it's like comic books. You got to have different art styles. You got to change it up every so often. You can't have everything the same thing and let it be vanilla or whatever like that. So I, in that respect, I understood. But it still wasn't my favorite among the most. Uh, like, you know, where's the animators and the character designers from Enter the Red Hood? From, um, you know, or from the Red Hood Batman, which was one of my favorite Batman uh, animated movies of all time. Uh, the Red Hood one was just crazy hot. I, I need to watch that again. In fact, I, I got the DC Universe app. I need to start watching these. Um, but also, um, Superman versus the Elite. Now, I did like that feature film because of the narrative and the premise of it. I loved it. But the art design was not to my liking and here we got mortal kombat legends scorpions revenge and it kind of looks like the guys who may have done one or one of these movies are doing it now and uh, i mean the animation and the animation itself looks great but the art style i it, it, the art style to me looks like an updated version of the 90s version of mortal kombat the animated series i don't know if you guys even remember that Mortal Kombat at one point had an animated series that used to come on t uh, Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings or whatever like that. And they kind of played it off like it was a G.I. Joe Cobra type of deal. Uh, and never really, it never really played off to the, which is, which is, which is funny now because honestly, that's what they're doing now with the series. It's no longer like a tournament. It's solely based on, you know, good versus evil now. It's, it's totally a, um a gi joe versus cobra or uh avengers versus uh shield or shield versus hydra type of you know story um storyline now so you know here i it's i it just looks I'm, I'm a little bit torn with the art style of this um of this animated series so i won't let that lead into my thoughts about it because also you got to consider the story being really good and sometimes the story can be so good that it's like all right I'll, I'll let that go for just for a tiny bit but it's still it is still that doesn't say it's not really good it's just not like they have a lot of options of who could have done this i wouldn't have made it the way that they uh did it i think they could have there were way better character designers out there that could have did it really well with that um also take note that this movie is supposed to be based on scorpion's origin which is Quan Chi, you know, manipulating him into killing um, Sub Zero because uh, he figured he thought Sub Zero killed his family. So it's playing off of that. But the trailer focuses so much more on the Mortal Kombat storyline as well. So I don't know what to take from the from the trailer. Uh, I'm assuming that the main focus will be him, but they've been they showed everybody of who's going to be there or not. So we'll see. Um, the film is set to be rated R, which means it will be, you know, expect nothing but top quality gratuitous violence at its best. You know, far be it for me to say I'm not going to watch it, but we'll check it out. We'll see. I'll actually give a review when that comes out as well. So that is all the news that we got for this portion of the show. We're going to take a break. Come back and review 1980X, this must play game 
with a very important message and a narrative in here that I think is going to develop in uh, as the time goes. So we'll talk about that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. our final stage review and it is my review of the new indie game that just released on a nintendo switch called 1980x it is a bit of a hybrid game because at one point it is an arcade throwback game or that celebrates uh arcade games but hidden in there is a really cool narrative and storyline involving a kid and it's somewhat of a coming of an age story in here uh it is also out for the steam it is out for ps4 xbox one as well and it is i've played it it's not a really deep game it, it, it's like you could beat it really really fast like faster than normal games I, I i think of it as like a short film and within that short film you get a lot within that short film and it's like <sighs> I hate to bring this back up, but Kobe's uh, Kobe Bryant's uh, short film that he got an Oscar for, or any uh, short films that was done by Pixar. This is kind of like that for video games. And first, I'd never really seen anything of this nature done like this, but it felt like a short film. And that's what the part I liked about it. And it uh, has, for it's a 2D game, it is a 2D sprite game. Um, Basically, I mentioned 32-bit is more. It looks like a the days of the Genesis throwback or the Turbo Graphics throwback, but it's more or less to me like PlayStation One because PlayStation One had animation and sprites that flowed this with uh, graphics this smooth, um, and this is this feels like 32-bit style game, uh, 2D game uh, designing. So, and I could be wrong on that note, but you know, I haven't, you, I don't see games that move this well or fluid on the, the on a Genesis, maybe the 32, um, Genesis 32X, you know, maybe the, not even the Sega CD, but that is the highest. And then TurboGrafx may be the other one that you could see something of this nature, Neo Geo as well. So all of those but Neo Geo was like a really, really huge. And yeah, I guess you could really say that. Yeah, you could really say that. Um, it's up to that level. But within it is a really cool story involving, uh, the, you know, a kid and his journey through his life. And, how, you know, it's basically a coming of age story uh, that talks about what he's, what he wants to do, what he's trying to do in life, but also falls into the love of video games. Uh, on the website, you can read the story, but I'll read it to you. It says 1980X is an epic, uh, is an arcade epic, a coming of age story told through multiple games and genres, worlds, and characters, especially the thrill of shooting, driving, jumping, 
fighting, and role-playing. Combined with emotional cinematic storytelling, this is a love letter to the golden age of arcade games, which um, yet with a scope that was never possibly in the actual uh, 1980s. Very and very true in all that aspect. And I think they captured it really well with this game. I'm a person, I'm a kid who grew up in the 80s, so I do understand this. And I, you know, I, I, I felt this game like this. Um, it goes on to say uh, the game is set in suburbia, which I can't connect to because I was in the city, I'm inner city, but um, it's set in suburbia just outside of the city. Sometimes in 1980X, it follows the journey of a kid, a teenager stuck between the limitations of innocent, of, uh, innocent youth and the, uh, uh, the obligations of inevitable adulthood. The story unfolds when the kid discovers a local arcade, finding new worlds and new meaning in the video games. For every visit to the arcade, every game uncovered, every move mastered, every demon defeated, the kid grows stronger. And that's what pretty much seems to happen when here, because all through the game, and it's set up so well, the emphasis is not the games that you play, the emphasis is on how the game is played and why and what you're going through when you're going through the game because every once in a while you'll have the narrator which is the kid talking about some of the things that he's going through and what he's thinking and and as he's playing the game and in that there's an artistic take on the games that are played like you're not playing to win you're playing to experience there's a certain sense of empathy in this game that i do appreciate and do love and everybody whether you're a gamer or not has had to go through this situation growing up. He just happened to be able to connect with it from his experience of playing video games and understanding it. And I, you know what's funny? I've done it myself in some cases because it, the one thing that video, that parents of that era, of that generation don't understand is that they think that video games don't amount to anything. Well, we've more than proven that today with the way the esports of going and how much money these kids are making now still one of the only reasons why i would love to live as a kid during this era the only reason that is it if i was able to be a kid and make money as an esport uh person as an esports uh competitor man who knows who knows but i digress the one thing that i did learn from playing video games is not to give up it gives me the courage. It gives me the drive. It gives me the assertiveness to want to keep going. Uh, it, it, you don't know it. Di video games can be a very wax on, wax off type of discipline where it teaches you when you don't know you're being taught. So there are times when I get frustrated with an obstacle in real life. What video games has taught me is that like sometimes you just need to walk away from the game, but don't give up on playing the game. So you can stop playing the game, take a break, come back, and I guarantee you, you'll be refreshed. You'll get your mind straight, and every single time it never fails that I go back into a game that I have a challenge with. I persevere in that in that level, and I do the same thing in life. And what it helps me do in life is to encourage me. I'm not saying that every video game is perfect, but I'm saying video games in general can have that effect, can have a positive effect, can have that, can it can have you think about things philosophically sometimes. If you play in the right game, that you know, if designed really well, like this game is, can really have you think about things. And it, what I love about this game also, because I talk to a lot of people on the ACMG Facebook group, I talk to people on social media all the time. We have a generation of introverts. The development of intro, the introvert community has grown exponentially in the last couple of years, if not you know three years, a few years. And I feel like this game can connect with people like that. People who always try to question, you know, what is going on and with their lives, and, or what does it mean, or what direction do I need to go? People are still growing. We're always growing. We're always learning, but you feel there's a, there's a certain a situation where you feel like you know you have there's a point in your in your young adulthood 
that you got to start thinking about things as you're getting towards those 20s and and then once you get into the 20s and you get to the 30s and such there's some people who are still in that mode and still you know haven't overcome what they have overcome in that time i think this game therapeutically helps can help you know gamers like that and people who are you know gamers like that i so i in, in hindsight a part of me feels that it is greatly recommended and i can't give you a professional recommendation as a therapist because i'm not a therapist or a psychologist but i feel like this game has a way of connecting to a certain demographic deeper i think this game should be played by everybody for one aspect or another i think this game should if just from if you're a retro gamer you'll love this game because the mini games that they have in here the arcade mini games that are paying tribute to those games of the genesis of the uh super famicons and the super nes and the playstation one games and the neo geos turbo graphics you know so forth and so on it pays great homage absolutely great homage the beat em up game i absolutely is my favorite of the bunch i love that um again when you play these games these are all games that are not meant to play but it's meant to experience and get through and they, and i love the fact that if you do struggle on one part because they do pose a challenge it's not like you're just playing the game and you're getting through it they do challenge you they do make it a they do give it a a fun <coughs> excuse me they do give it a fun but not a difficult challenge and i love it i love that so even if you lose like say if you do the shoot 'em up move if you just get past one section of the actual uh of the shoot 'em up uh, portion it'll stay there but you don't want to turn off the game because you'll have to start all over again now once you beat a certain uh section of the game you'll be able to play it all over again at any time you could just play each version or you can play the whole entire thing over again you know um there's also the racing game which is a lot of fun as well the ninja game is really challenging it's a running it's pretty much a running game uh if you will it's like uh, i forgot like go ninja uh which was done a while back on uh the uh go ninja game which was a uh, mobile one of my favorite mobile games also illustrated by one of my um my keystone comic con panel guest from udon entertainment long vo uh, I gotta find that game again. That game was awesome. He also did the Shaq game too, if I remember. But this plays a little bit like Go Ninja. So there's no stop. You just go. You gotta make sure you just maneuver over different places. Again, graphics is very well done. Character design is very well done in this game. Uh, man, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautifully done. It, it is a great love letter to the retro gaming community. Bar none. Um, then there's also the RPG game in here. I was hoping... I was really, really hoping for a fighting game, but maybe down the line, even if they, because the way that they ended this, it feels open-ended. It feels very open-ended. Like there needs to be a little bit more here. Um, I would want to see more. I don't know if they're going to work on an expansion from this or they're going to work on a sequel to this. Um, maybe 1990X. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, I hopefully that's this is a means for them to do something more but I absolutely really appreciated the art and effort of this game uh from an artistic standpoint is beautifully done from a narrative standpoint I thought it was beautifully done I love the narrator who plays the kid in here and it uh this the the actor in this uh had a really I want to say down a depressing type of tone but it was just a i don't know where my life is going right now it was a it was a tone that i've had myself before i remember myself in high school when i actually you know i used to hang around in the window and look outside like what's going on what's going to happen with my life what's going to actually happen with my life i don't know what the hell's going on right now where's going to lead to how do i present myself in this world and I, I there's some empathy that was really shown in this game and i really appreciate it um i tried to get in contact with one of the people responsible for the game um in particular tobias who i believe was the director tobias uh forgive me if i butcher his name if he's listening uh Bernibi? i please forgive me if i butchered his name and hopefully we can actually talk and I can have him on the show, but um, 
I had trouble getting them getting them on. There's some something some uh, issues with the email address. They are a Sweden-based company, so I don't know if that plays a factor. But I've never had this problem with reaching out to people in um, in uh, Singapore because I talked to David Wong from Gentle Brothers. Uh, I spoken to Matt um, Papa in Japan. So. I, I, I don't know what's too much of the issue with that, but hopefully we can get together and we can possibly, you know, get on, get them on a show to talk about this. Cause this is to me, as short as this game is, I think it has a means to be a game of the year contender because of what they did. It's, it, it's, it's a really, really, there's a, a lot of depth into this game that told a story and you're wanting to know what the hell is going to happen with this kid and what this is going to lead to so hopefully we get a chance to talk to them hopefully we get to see more from this game or a sequel or whatever but not but if you want to get a really cool indie game and it's 9.99 on the nintendo switch right now i'm not sure how much it is for everybody else i'm pretty sure, i'm going to assume that it's the same thing for everybody else but if you want a really cool gaming experience if you're a retro gaming fan um and you just want to see something different man shout out to the graphic artist uh alexis uh morill and uh catherine uh Manabde, uh Manabde, i believe tim ja johnson um motocross saito and uh it's just it, you know and the rest of the graphic artists uh in there it's just it these guys this team did a really great job here the programmers uh the music really sets the tone as well and this game gives you that 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 you know it, it matches with the tone of his of his uh, personality of what he's feeling right now and i felt that it really captured that um the writer and director tobias again great job i hope you know if you're listening to this please get in contact with me i want you on the show to talk about this this is an awesome game i think everybody as many people as possible our listeners um you will want, i guarantee you they want to know more about this here so um if i'm going to give this a grade absolutely without a doubt this game was an a plus for me even though it's short if it's one negative is that is short but it's short for a reason i feel that it there's a reason why it's short um it, it definitely leaves you wanting much more so hopefully not only will we get a sequel but we'll also get different game genres as well i mean there's rts out there there's uh first person maybe um there's fighting games which and i mean because it is the 80s so fighting games didn't come into like the late 80s into the 90s so maybe if they do a 1990x that maybe fighting games will play a factor in this as well sports games maybe who knows there's a lot to be said that they could come in so it'll pay a, a lot more homage to the video games that we all love so folks go out of your way and check it out again it's out now on the play on a uh, e-shop on uh the uh nintendo switch it's out on uh, psn it's out on xbox live uh it's out on steam i believe as well so um you know go out of your way to check it out it's just it's so worth it uh definitely a plus game for me folks that will do it for this edition of select start this sunday we just saw the final episode <coughs> excuse me we just saw the final episode of arrow my god we're going to talk about that episode we're going to talk about greg berlanti uh, and greg berlanti studios and everything that went down because there was a special that it was our special talking about everything that has happened in the last eight years and then they had the last episode i i don't want to say too much but i absolutely it went out on a freaking phenomenal note and uh we're going to talk about that this sunday it's going to be dedicated the talk topic of this sunday it's going to be dedicated to arrow thank you Stephen amell thank you uh, greg berlanti and everybody in that cast but we're going to talk about that this sunday along with all the other news that is going on in the world of our favorite fandom so folks that will do it you can always listen to us here on talktownlive.com you can check out our exclusives on our exclusive page or type in talktownlive.com forward slash exclusives i gotta once again add on the other new interviews that i've done uh last year probably more is coming this year as well and uh you can also follow us and subscribe to us on iHeartRadio, spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher 
uh god so many pot bean as well you can check us all out there and at this point i'm not adding another streaming network this is it you don't get any bigger than all the ones that i just mentioned that is it if you can't find a way to find us you can even go on to any amazon devices and find this show on your Amazon devices. All you gotta do is just say talk, you know, ACMG presents Talk Time Live. I have done it. I have a video of me doing it. So it's as everywhere as you could possibly get it. So thank you for all of those who support this show, who will support us. And stay tuned. 2020 is gonna be major. God willing, God willing, it will be major uh, for this brand, for ACMG, for everybody involved. So, um, uh, definitely check us out from there so for now that will do it on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out air i will see you and talk to you guys on sunday take care Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.